Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. From New York City, the only city in America, it's the show that invented news. It's day three of my time at the show, and it's also day three of the Trump indictment watch. Uh, Now, nothing happened today, but let me be clear about something. I only have one more day this week behind this desk, and if some other host gets this this one, I'm going to be pissed. So come on, Alvin Bragg, tomorrow. But whatever, let's let's get into today's headlines. Okay, let's kick things off with my home state of Minnesota, which just became the fourth state in the union to guarantee free school lunch to every single... That's a, that's a pretty good feel-good feel story in Minnesota, right? Uh, well, one Republican state senator didn't think so. Mr. President, I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that is hungry. Yet today. I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that says they don't have access to enough food to eat. Now, I should say that Hunger is a relative term, Mr. President. You know, I had a cereal bar for breakfast. I guess I'm hungry now. The bad news is this is a guy who we call in Minnesota a big jerk. (laughs) You know, uh, the great thing is we've got 10,000 lakes we can throw this gosh darn jerk into. Sorry, I went off the deep end there, but this guy's clearly a jerk. And I don't know why this guy is being so stingy. There's a simple solution here. Every year at the Minnesota State Fair, they always carve a giant butter sculpture of Princess K of the Milky Way. So why don't we take that sculpture 
and shove it up the guy's ass. <laughs> Enough on that one. Uh, now let's uh, head west a couple of states uh, to the great state of Idaho where they just voted to bring back firing squads as a potential form of capital punishment. Death by firing squad, that is, that is so red state. <laughs> Personally, I prefer the method of execution in liberal states, give them a few Ambien <clears throat> and put a Ken Burns documentary on <laughs> until they've met their god. Now, some people argue that a firing squad is less barbaric than lethal injection, but I have an even less barbaric idea. What if we just didn't execute people at all? Or, or we duct tape a hand grenade to their head. And finally, let's talk about Donald Trump, who could be arrested any day. Now, uh, in, the, in the porn star hush money case, and according to the New York Times, Trump is trying to decide whether he should smile for the cameras when he gets arrested. Now, personally, I think it would be a, a good idea to smile. In fact, Maybe he could do this smile. <laughs> You'll notice we put that uh, black bar across the young woman's face to help maintain her anonymity. <laughs> but don't forget, Trump has four separate investigations that could land him in jail. Remember those classified documents he took from the White House? Well. That case just got a lot more serious for him. Trump faces multiple criminal investigations. Sources telling ABC News a federal judge has determined that there's enough compelling preliminary evidence that Trump broke the law in another case, the special counsel's investigation of Trump's handling of classified documents. In particular, prosecutors say he knowingly misled his attorneys so that they would file a sworn statement last June that he knew was false, claiming that a diligent search of his Mar-a-Lago estate found that he had turned over all the classified documents in his possession. So just to be clear, Trump was already in trouble for stealing classified documents from the White House, and now he may have broken the law again by tricking his own lawyers into lying to the government. So Trump's original crimes are now having their own little baby crimes. <laughs> <clears throat> You know, they grow up and implicate you so fast, don't they? The little guys. Can you imagine being a lawyer for Donald Trump and finding out he set you up? That would, that would make you question whether it was even worth buying a degree from Barbados in the first place. So look, I, I know there are a lot of different cases going on and this all seems very complicated, but there is a simple explanation. Trump is a, um, a criminal. 
I hope that clears out. Now. Now, as you know, as Trump faces the prospect of arrest, he has called on his supporters to take to the streets and protest. So Jordan Klepper went down to the courthouse to bear witness to the chaos. Check it out. Last week, Donald Trump declared his arrest was imminent and called for a protest to take our nation back outside the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. So yesterday, I ventured all the way downtown and joined the media circus to observe this crowd of MAGA protesters who were definitely around here somewhere. Yeah, this is the truth social here. It says, Tuesday, protest, take our nation back. Excuse me, is this the protest for Trump? Or the Trump protest, or the supporting, are we taking our nation back? Is that today? I thought it was today. So I did have the day right. And then I found a proud and totally concealed Trump supporter. Why are you here? Because I'm here to support Trump. Because they want their dino. So Trump went on his own social media, yeah. and he called out people, his supporters, to come out here and support him. And right now, that's just you. I'm here, I'm here. Heavy as a crowd. I don't need you to come outside. No, I got this. Okay. I'm here to actually see what's going on. Everyone was talking about it, so I came here to check it out. You wanted to see it with your own eyes. Eyes, that's right, because I don't believe what I'm hearing on the news media. So what have you seen so far? Absolutely almost nothing. Nothing. Correct. This was an unusual MAGA rally. The numbers were low, and it was in my own city. However, the arguments over some basic facts were refreshingly familiar. Do you think it's fair for Trump to be indicted if that does happen this week? Listen, I don't know all the specific facts, but what I do know is he's my president. Right now? I think he's my president. You yeah. think he's serving the role as your president currently? Well, he, he's... In my heart, he's, he's my president. I just have to be clear sometimes. Well, sure, sure. You think I Joe do. Biden is president, right? No, I think that man is, is a scam. I just know that allegedly he's there because that man doesn't make any sense. But technically he is there. He is serving the role of president. Maybe, I don't know. I haven't been down, I've been, I haven't been to Washington, D.C. I've not seen him walk in the White House. You don't think he actually spends time in the White House? I don't know. Well, but there are videos of him in the White House. He's, can we just, I just want to get beyond this fact. He is the president of the United States. Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Fact? That's what some said. Oh, okay. This is what some Right. Deborah, why are you here today? Joe Biden is going after him because I don't even know why he's going after him because they're going to push him out the door and probably bring my, oh, Michelle, Michael Obama in, okay? But, uh, Michael Obama. Uh, that's correct, okay? They may why, why, why do you call her no, Michael don't Obama? Don't ask me that. What did Joe Rivers say? What did Joan Rivers say? That's correct. If anybody remember what she said. Do you get most of your news from Joan Rivers? Oh, no, I don't get none of my news from Joan Rivers. I'm just telling you okay. what she said okay. about Michael Obama, okay? Regardless of their sources, the MAGA crowd, which the police estimated to be between three and six people, believe these charges were unworthy of a former president. I don't feel Trump should be in trouble. That's unconstitutional. I feel to indict. A president. This is a political attack. Yes. They're not charging somebody else for this crime. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a, they did, hold on. Everything is political. Right. They did charge somebody else with this exact crime. Yeah. I, and, so, and so why should he be charged? Well, Michael Cohen. 
was charged, pled guilty, served time in jail. Disloyalty. Loyalty. If it ain't loyalty, it's nothing. This is about a man who cheated on his wife with a porn star while his wife was at home with their newborn son. But loyalty is a big issue for you. Listen, we met. Right. So we all know Trump doesn't understand how the law works. Turns out he doesn't know when it works either. But for MAGA supporters feeling FOMO about missing the Donald showdown with justice, I'm confident you'll get another chance. How long are you going to be here today? I don't know, maybe a couple more hours, walk around, mm -hmm. grab something to eat. If Trump is indicted in Georgia next, you going there? I don't know, maybe I will. <laughs> it's like a big old indictment tour, right? I'll see you in Georgia, maybe we'll swing by D.C. <laughs> Tucker Carlson's face looks like that, so don't go away. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Daily Show. You know, we have a lot of fun here, but none of our jokes would be possible without the work of real journalists, real journalists like Tucker Carlson. <laughs> now, many people know Tucker Carlson as a world-class asshole, but what those people often fail to mention is that he also looks like an asshole. <laughs> Although it turns out... Tucker gets a lot of help, as we'll discover in another installment of The People Behind the People. We have this information as part of a criminal investigation, but we can't announce it immediately as we typically do. We're going to hold it. Okay, great. Now, I want you to look dumbfounded, as if Nintendo just announced Luigi's trans. Good. Good. Yes. Yes. My name is Gavin Bancroft, and I'm Tucker Carlson's face coach. If you've ever seen Tucker looking like a groom that pooped himself at the altar or a scandalized baked potato, well then you've seen my work. All right, Tucker, gaze into the camera like you're a 10 year old watching a cow give birth. Perfect. Okay, now hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Some people think Tucker was born with a face that looks like an inbred boat shoe, but it's actually a lot of hard work. Yeah! That's why he pays me $400,000 a year. American. 
Okay, and now laugh like you're a fancy prince who just saw a peasant get kicked by a mule. Oh, God, because we don't do math. <laughs> oh, I'm constantly looking for inspiration. I'll scour the internet for new surprised or disgusted faces Tucker could make during his interviews, or when he finds out one of the M&Ms is a lesbian. The green M&M got her boots back, but apparently is now a lesbian, maybe? It's such a treat for me to get to work with Tucker. He's got all the attributes a face coach could want. A 40-pound skull, a natural mouth breather, the haircut of a drunk lacrosse dad. It's a face that's just made to tell old people that Abbott Elementary is critical race theory. We've experimented with more subtle expressions. Hey, Tuck, let's just try a casual little smile like you were walking to work and you saw a Mexican family getting evicted. But at the end of the day, Tucker knows where his bread is buttered. And that's looking like Frankenstein walked in on his parents having sex. All right, that's a wrap on Tucker's face. Tucker's face, everyone. See you tomorrow. Stay tuned because when we come back, Heather McGee will be joining me on the show. We'll be right back after this word from the MyPillow guy. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an author whose New York Times bestseller, The Sum of Us, has just been adapted for young readers. Please welcome Heather McGee. Good to see you here. You know, uh, I've been doing a podcast, a very prestigious podcast, uh, for uh, for about four years now. You're my you're my favorite guest. You've been on three times. You're my favorite Thank guest. You. You're so brilliant. Thank you. Um, now you're an economist. You is and uh, you. Uh, the first I mean, time we met was during the banking crisis, yeah. and we talked uh, a lot about that. Um, subprime loans, etc. Um, and housing has always been a big part in the gap uh, in terms of wealth between blacks and whites. Can you explain where that's where that kind of started? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always say wealth is where history shows up in your wallet. So today, the average black college graduate has less wealth on average than the average white high school dropout. 
Makes no sense, okay, right? Okay, say that again. Yes. So if you're the average <laughs> white high school dropout, you are wealthier than the average black college graduate. So that's history showing up in your wallet, right? We're talking about wealth, not a paycheck. We are talking about your home equity, your stocks, your bonds, your inheritances. And that all dates back to that massive racial wealth divide that we have today dates back to when most middle-class Americans' wealth began, which was in the New Deal era, coming out of the Depression. The progressive FDR government said, we want to commit to affordable housing and mass home ownership. And they created this massive system, this system of public subsidy, and they based it on the never-substantiated assumption that black people would be too much of a credit risk. And so they commissioned maps of the entire country's largest cities and surveyed them down to the block level for their racial and ethnic character and said if there was a high Negro concentration, we're going to circle that with a red line and say banks do not lend here. And that really only ended in the 1970s. And it was quickly replaced by what people call reverse redlining, which is when those contiguous communities of lower wealth black communities were targeted with those high cost loans. But that's what we were. Exactly. And that's how we met. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the redlining started during the progressive FDR That's right. in, the th in the early yeah. 30s. That's right. And you know, the way I see it, and this is really the kind of core idea of the sum of us, you know, you and I met not just because black families were being disproportionately targeted uh, early in the subprime crisis before it was a household word. You and I met once everything had fallen apart, right? Once Lehman had gone bankrupt, once trillions of dollars in household wealth and $8 million jobs had disappeared overnight. And for me, it was such an object lesson in the way in which racism can ultimately have a cost for everyone. We ignored the canaries in the coal mine, what was going on with black and brown families early in the crisis, and banking committee members just weren't focused on it. And then, obviously, we know how the story ended. Well, The Sum of Us is about how uh, race intersects with uh, economic inequality. Mm -hmm. And uh, it became an instant New York Times bestseller, and now you uh, done a book that's for for school children for middle toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> no, not for toddlers. It's a, but for like middle, middle schoolers. School, yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle yeah. school and high school. Yeah. And uh, how do you explain this to them? How how does because these uh, these kids are able to understand this, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed this is the book. Yeah. And it's a little shorter than the other, but it seems pretty sophisticated. Yeah. It's, we really didn't dumb it down. That was the lesson I got. We did sort of casual focus groups of educators and middle school students, and they were like, don't dumb it down. We actually have access to all the same information you do, and we have the same kinds of questions, right? The core question at the heart of the some of us is why does it seem like we can't have nice things in America? Nice things like, not like flying cars, but nice things like universal health care and paid family leave and child care and a great school in every neighborhood. And they have those questions too. And so in the some of us, I use a lot of data and a lot of history, but ultimately it's a series of stories, like the story of the drained public pool. And that Now the, the cover of this is, yeah. There's a boy jumping into a pool, a white boy it looks like, and a, I think a, a black child in there. 
Tell that story, because that's the first story you tell these kids, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. It's the story of what happened to many of the country's nearly 2,000 lavishly funded grand resort-style public swimming pools that were built in that same New Deal era of public goods around when the big housing subsidies were happening. And I like to get the kids to picture what it would look like to have a community pool that was free and could hold over 1,000 swimmers at a time. And most of them, you know, they kind of gasp and they're excited about the idea. And then I tell them that they were usually for whites only. And they're sort of like, oh, you know. And then I say, but then in the civil rights movement, black families began to say, you know what? It's our tax dollars that have funded those public pools all along. We want our kids to swim. And the court sided with them and progress was made. And then many towns and cities, not just in the Jim Crow South, decided to drain their public pools rather than integrate them. They literally drained out the water and backed up truckloads of dirt. And I really see in the conversations they have, the questions they ask this me, they get it. so unbelievable. And they did that all over the all place. All over the country, yeah. In Ohio and West Virginia, all over the country, yeah. Yeah, so, and then they planted over it. Yep. And so, just so black and white people couldn't swim together. That's exactly right. It's this zero-sum story, this old story that says that progress for people of color has to come at the expense of white people, that we can't all sort of share in well-being, that we're in this competition for dominance and status. And you know what? Young people get it. It's this story that is, of course, unbelievable, but they've lived in America long enough to know that it's actually quite believable because they understand that over their lifetime, public goods have really been atrophying, that they don't have those big, beautiful swimming pools anymore, that there isn't free college the way there was. That was a kind of a public that pool was, that was funded by the yeah. government. And they know that as the college-going population got more diverse, for them, right, they're already in a generation. So the zero-sum no, yeah. idea is basically that wealthier whites taught poorer whites that anything that helps African-Americans hurts them. Yeah, yeah. That's zero sum. That's right. Exactly. And the sum of us is about we all do better when we all do better, which is what Paul Wallstone used to say. Yeah. The late great, the late great. Um, you know, it's the part of the book that young people really resonate with is the hopeful part, right? They want to hear that we can fix this. And I truly believe that everything about the world that we see now, all the dysfunction, it's because people made decisions to make the world as it is. And so people can make better decisions. And the core message is that through collective action, people coming together across lines of race, finding solidarity, recognizing that we all do better when we all do better, and that we all want big, beautiful public pools. Um, we can really win and take on powerful interests, but we can't if we're divided. And they get that, and it's been a really fun trip across the country, schools, libraries, middle schools. You've been schools. going all over the country, finding communities where this is happening. In, in, in Minnesota, Yeah. In, um, uh, we, we have a town, Wilmer, Minnesota, uh, it's in Kandiyohai County. It's the biggest turkey-producing county in Minnesota, which is the biggest turkey-producing town. Of course. The, the yeah. town, I went to the graduation there. About half the class, German, Scandinavian. About a third of the class, 
Hispanic. There's a big meatpacking plant there. About 15% Somali. This was the most beautiful thing I'd ever gone to in the time that I was in the Senate. This town just worked together. Lewiston, Maine yeah. is doing that yeah. all over the country. This works when we all, when we realize the some of us that's that right. it's, that's how we create wealth, that's how we create prosperity, that's how we create a good life for all Americans. That's right. You, you should really run for office, Al. <laughs> <laughs> you heard her. <laughs> Heather McGee, uh, uh, the young readers adaption of adaptation rather of uh, Heather's book is available now and the some of us podcast series is available wherever you get your podcasts okay uh, we're going to take a quick break but we'll be right back MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's our show for tonight. But before we go, I'd like you to very seriously consider donating to Sandy Hook Promise, a foundation started by parents who lost a child at Sandy Hook Elementary School 10 years ago. I met these parents after the school, after the shooting in 2012, and what they've done is absolutely amazing to try to save other families from going through the horror that they experience. If you can, please help support their continuing work by donating to the link below. Really would appreciate it. Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.